Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sing to the Lord, the podcast that breaks down how the Lutheran hymnody is preaching the gospel. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. What you're hearing is the hymn, Beautiful Savior. Welcome back to Sing to the Lord, uh, our podcast on hymnology. And um, we have Zachary Brockhoff and Lars Olson here. And we're talking about, you probably have heard of this one, Beautiful Savior. Beautiful Savior. Very well-known hymn. Yes. Zachary, why don't you tell us a little bit about the background of Beautiful Savior? Well, we think we all know it pretty well, and we all do for different reasons. It's sung by choirs, popularized by F. Malleus Chris Johnson's setting of this, um, and uh, and then sung by many Lutheran colleges all over the place, um, and picked up by all stripes of Lutherans for uh, use on uh, old radio programs and TV programs used to close with Beautiful Savior. Hmm. Um, so uh, Lutherans think we own it, and it's ours. But uh, the the uh, bad news today is it's originally a Catholic hymn, and we've simply oh, taken man. it and claimed it, um, <laughs> and not altogether in a helpful way. Um, but uh, the the history is interesting because uh, of of what it tells us about this text. Um, I will say uh, one of the first things we can notice is that the first and final stanzas probably look a lot alike, but that's not actually uh, what. Uh, what was there originally uh, when it was written. And uh, so it's a common hymn for transfiguration. Uh, it's one that most people are going to sing. They'll, they'll wait all year to sing it on transfiguration. Um, if not throughout the year, they'd be happy to sing it more often. But uh, it, the first stanza, if I put the best construction on what's, what's here... It's telling you what the, the beauty of Christ is, why people have been captured by this uh, text and tune, um, that, that Christ's beauty is because he is our Savior, the, the light of the world and, uh, and our joy, uh, that in Christ we have all of these things, and that we can say that because we know Christ is God's Son in the flesh, Son of God, Son of Man, sent to be crucified for our sin and raised. And so, uh, that's not all in the hymn, but you can say it about it. All right, if I put the best construction on it. The second and third stanzas end up being something of a study in contrast. So, in this week's uh, uh, scripture passage, we, we hear about the disciples looking uh, toward the glory of the transfiguration and, mm-hmm. and fixating on wanting to, to hang out for a while with this uh, supposed glory and in a way, uh, as I looked at the second and third stanzas, which seem to be a group um, in a way, uh, it can almost be how we look at the splendor of nature, that uh, God's creation, uh, the woodlands, the flowers, the stars, this is just great. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> uh, made by our creator. 
And the hymn quite rightly says, Christ is better than all of this. Uh, <laughs> you think this is the thing. Uh, no, uh, Christ is the thing. And so um, this, it is Christ that gives our sorrowing spirit reason to sing, as it says in stanza two. And three does the same thing, right? It's almost like the poet said, well, I really like meadows. I really like woodlands. <laughs> um, oh, I don't have enough room. Let's add sunshine and moonlight and stars in the next one. Here's what's great about this. It's not he's not just piling on more stuff. The original third stanza started this way. It it put a f- much finer point on on what this is. He says, "Be ashamed, O sun. Be ashamed, O moon. Be ashamed, all ye stars. Jesus is more splendid. Jesus is more uh, is purer than all the angels together." So it's not only the things of this world, but even in the angels, right? What we glory in at Christmas and we think this is yeah. this is God's glory. Christ is better than all of this. And it puts nature really in its place to shame um, that, that, that Christ is better than all of these things. So I think that pairs really quite well with uh, our idea of staring at the transfiguration in wonder mm-hmm. uh, rather than hearing what Christ has to say this particular weekend, which is do not be afraid. And furthermore, do not say anything until I've been raised from the dead, which in a way is uh, all of this is great. You'll understand this really uh, in the in the context of the resurrection. There's my glory. I mean, but it almost sounds to me as I, as I read this and hear you talk, that yeah. you're almost being ironic with it then, right? Like, sing Beautiful Savior at the Transfiguration because you're yeah. falling into the trap of the disciples that are yeah. just there saying, build, build, let's, let's build yeah. some tabernacles here, uh, look at the glory that's here on the mountain, and we won't have to deal with anything in the cross. I think that's one way you can deal with it. I mean, the hymn itself is not, you know, as it's printed, is fine. You can, you can do something with that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the irony is... Uh, Pretty thick. It's pretty thick there. And and, I mean, Jesus is, you have to do some work in the preaching to make sure that that comes around. Otherwise, I worry that people just get uh, transfixed, literally, by the the beauty of the world, by the beauty of Christ on the the mountain and in his his, uh, brilliant glory. It's better than all of the, uh, all of nature, which we think is pretty awesome also. Uh, And of course, all of that, just like you say, misses that Jesus is insisting on going to the cross rather than, and that's where the glory of God is going to be seen in his word rather than in this uh, vision of, of, uh, yes, of one, one time event, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and that you, that's reflected in the text itself too. Cause then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us here. Oh, like, absolutely. let me make three dwellings. Exactly. But yes. then, uh, while he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them and from the cloud, a voice said, this is my son, the beloved with him. I'm well, please listen to him. And when they heard that, they fell to the ground in fear, right? So it's just like the this this hymn doesn't necessarily reflect the the fear of hearing God's God's actual speaking saying, This is my son. No, but and again, it would take a little bit of doing, but uh, uh, some somebody with a, a little bit of guts could do it, I think, uh, this <laughs> transfiguration. You can consider it this week. Um the the third stanza well there's it's it's a little bit unclear how i can attribute this um cuz i think there were originally 5 so um there's a stanza in here that says this um uh and and gets a little bit beyond nature at actually the world it says lovely are the flowers lovelier yet are people in the freshness of youth 
but they must die. They must perish. Jesus lives eternally. And the way I, I think it's helpful to summarize what that is, is all these things we consider beautiful, which is youth, <laughs> for one, this world's going to do away with, yeah. right? All the things we're going to glory in. And I, I found this particularly helpful. If you don't want to use that on Sunday morning, I found it very effective in front of uh, sixth, seventh, eighth grade confirmation students <laughs> that think uh, they are, uh, well, they're living in the supposed maybe prime of life, right? I don't know when that is, but um, <laughs> maybe. And, and guess what? This is going to end. And here now we, we actually need a savior from all of this. Right. So uh, that's an additional stanza you could look at. But the, all of that means means going beyond just uh, saying beautiful Savior and walking through this hymn where we're just talking about uh, how glorious he is and actually getting to the work of Christ, which this really doesn't say much about. It right? doesn't, right. You have to step beyond that. And not to say that there isn't, aren't beautiful things in the world, but that there's something more to be said uh, about the world than just that it's attractive and that Jesus is more pretty than it. Yes, yes. And in a way, um, when the Lutherans took this over from the Catholics, um, I don't know that we helped ourselves because the final, the actual final stanza here did say something about where the beauty of Christ, if you can say it in this fashion, is found. The final stanza, in true good Catholic fashion, pointed them at the sacrament. And it said... Uh, Christ, says he, Christ, is truly present here in this holy sacrament. Jesus, I ask you to be merciful to us now and at our end. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason I suspect uh, this was discarded was because um, some people have uh, given that stanza, said it's likely the Catholics wrote this hymn as an adoration of the sacrament to sit and look at it and say, Jesus, aren't you beautiful? Right. Which is yet another reason Lutherans, you know, you have to wonder which, which Lutheran picked this up and thought this was a good idea, but they <laughs> did. So we have to deal with it. And, um, and that's why they got rid of uh, this. Um, but I do think it does point beyond nature a little bit finally and beyond nostalgia to where, where Christ's beauty is and that we don't have to say, um, be merciful, but there is your mercy for us here. Right. And, uh, and that's, that's something pretty neat. So there's a lot in this hymn that we don't know. <laughs> sure. But also, I mean, if you can get to that point that yep. the beauty of Christ isn't just in his, you know, flowing hair right. and, you know, a soccer player look or something like this, but it, and it's not on, and it's not at the transfiguration, that that's not where he wants to be known finally. Um, but that there is a beauty in the cross that, again, is ironic, uh, that is, um, not what you would expect, but that that Christ dying for the world in the gory fashion that it is finally is beautiful for us because of what he does, mm -hmm. not because of what he looks like, not because he outshines the sun, but because uh, he has given life to the world. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, have fun. There's lots you can do. So it's un, like you said, I, most people have been waiting all year for Transfiguration <laughs> Sunday to uh, wheel this uh, wheel this out uh, in the hymnals, but. If someone were to pick something else, do you have any other suggestions other than Beautiful Savior? Sure. There are, there, there are lots of other good options. Um, one uh, actually is, is a hymn that uh, we, we 
just talked about um, a few weeks ago, which was uh, in the is gladness uh, works rather well for this day. And I, I won't go into why you want to know more about that hymn. Go back and go back and listen. The w- one that that can work are a couple of narrative. Uh, um, well, a couple that can work are a couple of these narrative options. Oh, wondrous image, vision fair, um, which is which is in ELW, um, and and is a narrative retelling of this. And then uh, one of the hymns picks up Peter's uh, words here, how good Lord to be here that you read earlier out of scripture. And so um, uh, if you're particularly focused on that section, right, and and you're spending a great deal of time in the sermon uh, unpacking what this is and the reaction and the fear, and that's one that might work well. Thanks for joining us this week on Sing to the Lord. Check the show notes for Zachary's stanza-by-stanza commentary, as well as a list of other hymns we recommend. See you next week.